0: All right, we're on. Oh, so, welcome to the the dojo lair.
1: Yeah, so we're in the lair right now. It's pretty rad, man. Well, why don't we uh, Why don't we break the ice with that? What What are you seeing around you right now? No windows. No windows, but I don't actually think that's a bad thing. It's a bad thing for my health and well being. Like literally, my doctor's like my doctor's like (laughs) thrilled right i lost a bunch of weight lately doing the crossfit like getting strong um eating a little bit better my doctor's like your blood looks great but you're not getting enough sun man (laughs) i was like i was like i was like really how do they know that well because you your your uh vitamin d is low like really really low and she's like you have to take these pills which i don't take because i hate taking pills man
0: Uh, i take pills uh Mostly so I don't get ill. And uh, I get told that this is a bad thing, but I I, like preemptively take them. So I don't get ill. I'm not one of these people who takes them when I'm ill.
1: What are we talking here? Like Tylenol?
0: No, I'm talking like, uh, so in the UK there's, um, it's called Lemsip, you know? Do you have that here? Yeah, Yeah, It's it's like a drink. Yeah. But they make pills. Uh, Because I don't. It's just vitamin C pill. I don't want the drink. Um, So I take them like, yeah, you know, every few days to balance out, not get ill. Yeah, how's uh, the
1: liver? <clears throat> I got to go for a checkup soon, but it was. Uh, Maybe it's because all the lemsip though. That's where I'm going with this. No, <laughs> it's nothing to do with that.
0: <laughs> it's hereditary. Um, your liver's like right here under your uh, ribs, right? Yeah, it's a little bit further around.
1: Yeah. Um, oh yeah, there it is. I feel it there. But uh, just kidding. I don't really. Know. Why don't you go for a walk every day? I kind of do. I I work out every day at noon. Yeah, but you go to a gym. Yeah, but we work out outside sometimes. I'm talking like, just go. You know, soak I, in the I, rays. I,
0: um, I I put the headphones on, put the tunes on that I got I'm, new headphones for my birthday. I know they're nice. You're looking forward to using them, eh? Yeah. Now we have to do this. Damn Jabbar. Uh Jabra, Jabra, Habra, Habra. They look good. Uh, pop them in. Go for a walk. Put the tunes on, like I'm talking. When I say tunes, I'm talking about Peebrack, like tunes that I'm learning for the year or want to be yeah. playing in my list. Whatever, uh, put them on. And I go for a couple mile walk. Get some sun. I mean, Scotland doesn't really have the sun all that much, but, but when uh, it does, it feels good. Well, it's, it's great, like, man.
1: And Scotland has some good sun.
0: When the sun is
1: shining there,
0: it's it's the best place. You know, it's only a handful of days a year. But, uh, I
1: agree I agree with that I think no but I agree when Scotland when the weather's nice in Scotland it's like beautiful a man. beautiful place and uh, you know
0: Glasgow is a city love it it's, it's just the right size you know you can get wherever you need it's to a be great city in like 10-15 minutes mm-hmm. in the city mm-hmm. uh, you know you go to London or New York it's gonna take you this, this seemed to go
1: up in volume eh you hear that yeah what's up with that I'm not sure um I uh, don't really don't really like that. I mean, I think oh yeah, my level's just suddenly got really high.
0: I mean, I know we're in the lair. I'm um, yeah, like, are we accompanied by
1: maybe the phantom power just turned on or something? The phantom piper of the jo- dojo Coriaric. Hello, hello, hello. That's too low. Oh. I think that was my, that's just my mic stand. See, now we're too low. Okay. Yeah. Probably too, no, it's maybe a little bit too high, I think. Or did I just have like a, you see, that's too high. Did I just have like a power surge or something? Dude, I don't know, man. I don't know either. My levels are good now. Okay. You're looking a little low now. Yep. Testing, testing, one, two, one, two. Anyway, I think we're good now. What were we talking about?
0: We are talking about um, Glasgow being the right size and
1: you can get what you need, where you need to be. It's a great city. You go to London, you go to New York, you're like. Who was I telling just the other day? I was telling somebody just the other day that maybe even just yesterday that one of my favorite things to do is be in Glasgow when I don't have to play. Hmm. It's one of my favorite things. What do you do there? uh coffee well uh the coffee scene there is legit uh so maybe i'd go out like like take for example monday and tuesday of the worlds granted piping live's going on but like it wouldn't have to be uh just kind of get up maybe grab a coffee yeah like if you're feeling like something greasy get like a sausage roll somewhere but if you're not you can get like like a, like beautiful breakfasts and the eggs in the UK are amazing. Mm. That yellow, sorry, the orangey yolks and like super flavorful because they actually feed their chickens (laughs) things from the earth. Right. Um, Um, And so you like have a real nice breakfast. Um, So it kind of reminds me of when I lived in Vancouver and, and part of it is I'm away from the desk. So, right. So maybe I have like, you know, maybe I have a few Slack messages to send or something, but besides that, like I'm not working. And so you can actually just relax. Maybe that's part of it. Mm, definitely.
0: I would say that is a big part of it. What, what about Greg's? You, you ever go to Greg's? Yeah. You get like a steak bake or a chicken bake? I'm not into the bakes. Oh man. It's been years since I've had one, but like just talking
1: about it, I can, I'm craving. A couple different things can happen for me at a Greg's. Right. Uh, sometimes it's the bacon and egg roll with brown sauce.
0: Okay.
1: Usually like the morning of the world's a mm-hmm. little bacon thing. And, mm-hmm. and then um, that could happen. Sometimes at uh, lunchtime, get one of the little sandwiches in the bags. What's your uh, morning of world's routine? Well, the past, the past several years, we stay uh, at a place I'm not going to reveal the name of because I don't want anyone else to know of it. <laughs> but it's <a> very <laughs> nice. Don't, tell me later. Eh? I'll tell you. I'll tell you after the... Uh, actually, let me just cover the mic. Um, you know that place right uh and then um so it's walking distance to uh you want you want to know the truth should i tell the truth on the podcast sure okay i thought
0: that's what you told me we do on the podcast that's right
1: well but it's like this is kind of this might be too much information so uh you know fast forward two minutes if you don't want to hear too much information but the morning of, the Glasgow Green is a great place, but it's very bad for one particular bodily function. Should the need arise, Should we leave it there? Sure. There's no place to, mm-hmm. there's no place to satisfactorily do this one bodily function at the worlds. You're wearing a kilt. Mm-hmm. It's nasty, mm-hmm. right? So, to be honest,
0: are you are you one of these guys that takes the
1: kilt off? You, if you were at the green, you would have to. And if you're not uh it depends it has to look wicked clean or else it 's got to get taken off i'm i'm i 'm always off always off that doesn 't surprise me about you gotta be um and uh so and Keegan was a bit surprised by this this year because we were kind of roommates he's a bit surprised, but he totally he totally saw the light so let's say you have to be and we 're very close to the green um and I usually cab it to the green, not because you couldn't walk. But because you do so much walking at the worlds and you get so tired that it's just, I'm taking a cab. So maybe five minute cab ride to the green from mm-hmm. where we are. Mm-hmm. But so let's say, I think we had to be there at like 10 this year or something. So you're going to get your cab at nine 45. I need to be at like going to the Starbucks at least like I, I wake up about two hours before that. So you're at the Starbucks and you're getting your coffee because your coffee helps certain bodily things perhaps get going in the morning. Wouldn't know, not a coffee drinker. Not a coffee drinker. So see, you just learned something. Just, I'm a regular goer. And that's probably the way that it worked for hundreds of thousands of years, Glenn. <laughs> um, but anyway, so you try to get inspired two hours before because if you don't get inspired, you need time to get inspired. Right. So you, uh, so let's say you have to be at the green at like. 10 getting up around eight going to the Starbucks and then whatever. And then maybe a bit later you can go for a breakfast or not. There's actually a new little, what do they call them? Roll shop right across the street from where we stay too. Mm, so we mm. did that one of the mornings instead of the Greg's.
0: Don't disclose that. Cause might give it away where you stay. Right. Not gonna. Yeah.
1: Um, and that's basically it. And yeah, I kind of take my time with it, you know,
0: Okay, but you 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 eat breakfast. You do. Do you freak out about pipes or do you?
1: Well, I definitely I definitely blow the drones hmm. before I leave the flat. Interesting. Big time, because if anything's broken, I want to know now. Like if anything freakish happened, I want to know now. And on the assumption nothing freakish happens, but see with the cane, you never really like something could. Mm-hmm like go wrong maybe with the cane and you need need to be able to figure out what you're going to do if that's the case. But on the assumption nothing goes wrong, which usually it doesn't. Um, it just makes you feel way less nervous knowing that when I get to the green, my pipes are going to work. I get you. Ever, ever gotten to the green and your pipes didn't work? Um, Like the way, you know, like like something went wrong when you fired them up on the Day of the Worlds? Now that I recall, I, I don't I think so. I have one that I recall. Right. My base didn't work. Okay. It was, it would have been maybe 2009 or something. Okay. So like, you know, and uh, 2009 is different when you're pipe major, you don't get nearly as nervous for the actual performance aspect of the world.
0: Cause there's so much else going on.
1: You're more nervous about how you're going to get it set up mm-hmm. and whatever and your other people and what they're going to do. Yeah. You know, uh, and more. I was usually nervous for good reason. Right. You know, now that I think of it, I think I did have like a,
0: a base malfunction at one point.
1: Yeah. It's not a big deal, generally speaking, because you're super prepared and, and especially in, you know, like take Inverary for example, I don't know, cane drone reads are tough, but if you needed help, there's like solid guys there, mm. like Rory, like, you know, he'd be able to bail you out mm-hmm. or not. The thing, you can't be turning off drones and final tuning, but like, let's say one of the tenors was bad. If you, as long as you had it off from the beginning of the tune-up, you, you might be all right. And then, yeah. and then try and sort it out later. But let me, uh, let me stress one thing, especially with the cane is if you're good all week, it's going to be good on the day.
0: Yeah. Well, I think that goes with anything. If you're yeah. prepared, it should be good. Right. You know, um, it's like moving tape, you know, if your pipes are going, you shouldn't really be moving tape.
1: Yeah. Ever.
0: Or very minimally.
1: Yeah. In general, I'm right there with you.
0: Yeah. So that's a, that's a thing for me is people, you know, they'll strike their pipes up and they're high G sharp. I got to move tape.
1: Why? Big mistake. It's going to come back. Just got a wet fart. <laughs> you know that? Have I ever told you that story?
0: Yeah. Well, I know the story, but do, do tell.
1: Well, my version of the story is probably <laughs> totally wrong. Go ahead. Mine comes from, mine comes from uh, someone... Experiencing this via Dave Hilder. <laughs> Have I told you this? Have I told you my version? It's probably totally wrong. Go ahead. It's become legend. Uh, and I tell it all the time. So, so theoretically, back in the day, a long time ago, Richard Parks, like, made a trip over to Vancouver. And somebody asked a question during one of the workshops, like, Richard, you're famous for getting such a great tone. What's the secret? <laughs> God forbid somebody like Richard or someone he knows ever hears this, because I'm, oh, I'm, sure I'm
0: sure it's probably got back to him. I've heard the story like multiple it's times. It's a great story. Yeah. I love
1: it. It's the best thing ever. And then, um, uh, so if someone asks Richard, "You're famous for getting the great tone. How do you how do you get such a great tone?" And and Richard's like, "Oh, you know, you know, you, you, wet you, fart. You just got a wet fart. Wet fart. Uh, and uh, and so Dave Hilder, presumably." Uh, th- this is just the name that I have attached to it <laughs> for some reason. He interpreted it as wet fart, like like you have a fart that's wet, because uh-huh. uh, you know, uh, and presumably because the reeds are so hard that uh, it gives pushing. you pushing. Yeah, it gives you the wet farts, right? <laughs> and um, so, um, and so this was the interpretation. So for years and years and years, like the guys in and around SFU, presumably. We're like blowing the really hard reads, like largely inspired by what Richard Park said about getting the great tone. Mm -hmm. And, uh, anyway, some eventually people figure out that's not what Richard said. Right. He
0: said, you've got to wait for it. Wait for it. Wet fart. In his accent. Yeah. Wet fart.
1: Yeah. And, and, and then like what, why I love this story is, um, See, all the years we used to not make the final in Oren Moore and also in Stuart Highlanders. After that, all those years, I would go to the final the next day and I would just stalk Richard because I was trying to, you know, because mm-hmm. I'd done the SFU thing. I know how they got such a great tone because I was in the band. Uh, and um, But like FM always beat us when I was in the band mm-hmm. every time. Mm-hmm. So I was curious. So I, wanted, so I went and like I tried to just watch FM for the whole tune up. Mm-hmm. And uh, why I love the wet fart story is that's exactly what they do. Yeah, it just comes. Uh, it's exactly what they do. And I, I've seen, I've seen, um, I've seen some really interesting things over the years because I, I, it was like a thing that I did. Like uh, it, when we didn't make the final, uh, is I would just watch Richard, and like some really interesting things transpired. Like you know, one year of course it was raining, and they just stood there under the tent, did nothing, and they did wet fart. They did nothing. And then they did something. They played for like 30 seconds when the rain died down a wee bit. 30 seconds, you know, and they, they got their drone guys going around. And then after that, they just went under the tent and stood there. Mm-hmm. They didn't do anything. Mm-hmm. And of course, the tone was great. So there wasn't that much to do. But, you know, as an excited young grade one pipe major, what do you want to do in the day of the worlds? You want to do stuff. You're not doing anything. Stock Richard. Zero things. Well... That's what I did. Right. right. Cause we weren't good enough yet. Uh, but, uh, uh, so the, there was the rain thing one year. This I, I like this story a lot. One year there was a guy next to Richard and there was a guy far away from Richard amongst a whole bunch of other guys. But you know how like, uh, they have several guys that tune the channers on the, mm-hmm. on the day. <laughs> it's not just Richard. There's several guys going around, um, and, uh, so there was a guy far away. The guy next to Richard gets the chanter tuned and it's perfect. It's great. Sounds awesome. Right. The next guy comes from across the circle, presumably because he knew it was not good. He knew his chanter wasn't good. Or maybe he was told by one of the other guys tuning or whatever. Why don't you go check with Richard? He goes over. This is a day of the worlds, and a two, a two event world. So like, you don't you don't want to get, Cut you Like, you you know, you want to do this thing. He comes over with Richard and I'm standing 10, 15, 20 feet away. And it's, it's not good. His, his chanter. Yeah. The guy mm-hmm. from far away mm-hmm. chanter, not good. Uh, and then what did Richard do to that guy's chanter? Nothing. Right. Like they tried it once. It was clearly not good. And Richard was like, right. Okay. And he went back to his spot. Okay, the story, there's more to this story. Um, Time passes, right? A a, a usual FM thing, like they're not really doing very much. They're just kind of waiting around, checking a few chanters. But obviously I'm thinking, what's going on with that guy way across the circle? Because chanter was no good and nobody's done anything. Mm -hmm. I'm like, what's going on here? The The story carries on. So the guy from far away comes back over again. Well, Two things happened. Do you guy, know who it
0: was or? You... Uh, no. Okay. I don't remember. Just a, a
1: chap And in I the didn't band. know at the time, but I might know them now because I've been around the scene a bit more, but mm-hmm. I don't remember. Mm-hmm. It's not, that's not important. Yeah. Um, the guy next to Richard, Richard, for some reason, tries the perfect guy again. He's not doing anybody else's channels right now, but he tries him again. And like, it's still pretty good, but maybe it doesn't seem quite as good. Mm-hmm. The guy next to him. The guy from further, uh, from far away comes over, checks with Richard, and it's definitely better. And I was like, oh, that's definitely better. Maybe you just need to get warmed up or something. But to both guys, what does Richard do? Nothing. Mm-hmm. Doesn't change tape. Doesn't like change the read or anything, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. T- time passes, more usual FM warm up. like not a whole lot happening. You know, uh, Alistair Dunn was going around doing one, a couple of like different guys. Little things though. Like, oh, the B is not perfect. So let's mm-hmm. fix that. Mm-hmm. Um, And I'm sure this is one of the years FM1 because they were booming. They sounded great. Uh, Anyway, time passes. Final tuning comes around. The guy next to Richard. Richard turns to him, strikes up, tries the chanter. It's minging. Guy gets cut. (laughs) Guy from corner of the circle comes over. And Richard didn't ask him to come over. Nothing like that. Um, And uh, a guy from across the circle comes over. Perfect. No problem. Band goes on the field. I think they won that year. I don't know. Mm-hmm. But, but the, the interesting points in that story are Richard didn't touch any of those chanters, but he knew the guy next to him was going to go bad, I think, mm-hmm. or, or that there wasn't much that could be done or whatever. Like it could be one of those situations where the guy next to him was like really nervous or something. Right. Maybe. Um, but his channer went out, and the guy from far away, Richard, just knew it, it would come in. Yeah. It's, it's crazy. I mean... Um, and I've, I've experienced that, tuning up bands in Inverary, uh, like kind of being in, in the mix. But it, also, when we used to tune up our bands, I've experienced that as well. In Stuart Highlanders, I remember Adam Holdaway, he would always just start low. Right. And he would want to set the number to his pipe, obviously, because mm-hmm. he's the master pipe in that situation. But like, eventually, we realized... Adam, we just have to wait for your pipe a little bit Mm because you always start low and then you're fine because it also didn't, it also, we would, if he's, he might start low and maybe we would change some bottom hand tape. uh, But then he would be sharp on the bottom later because he just, for whatever reason, took longer to come up. Yep. And then, um, Uh, so we've experienced this kind of thing before. And like you said, high G's are going to start sharp. mm -hmm. It's just what they do, Mm -hmm. especially in Mm -hmm. Scotland. Mm -hmm. Anyway, Um, you had a thought. Well, when I was younger and played in
0: a band, uh, I won't name names, but I had a leader who didn't want us listening to other bands. Tune up.
1: Oh, I know who this is. Well, we won't. I'll I'll tell you. Let me cover the mic. (laughs) (laughs) I'm right, aren't I? Absolutely. But they
0: didn't want us going to any band's practices or listening to other bands on the day. And the thinking was, if you heard them, and they were better, I could put you off your game thinking that you were inferior. And I was like, it's not going to bother me. I want to go, go and learn. I want to go and watch. Yeah. Which I did, anyways, against, against their rules. I, uh,
1: I get it. I think it should be a personal decision, though. Like, for example, I, like the Wednesday concert before the Worlds, I usually don't go. Right. Because it does actually kind of unsettle me like a like a band like the power or fm or slot like obviously they're going great and and like there's a 2000 people that are just loving it it make it does make me kind of nervous
0: do you know when the last time i was at a world's concert my last time was a sfu one well so i've played in two in the in the last 10 years played with scottish power in 2011 yeah and shots in 2017 yes uh but the last concert that i went to Oh, I was at the Shots one.
1: That that was the last one I was at. It was good, eh? Uh, I have a sour taste in my mouth about that concert. Okay. you want to hear the story?
0: Well, I'm going to tell you the last one that I was at was. Um, um, it's not what you think, though. I love the concert, but it's something else happened that night. I think it was the 78th in like 2007, something like that. Okay. And then the Silver Chanter come out and the oh, fairies yeah, yeah, and all yeah. that sort of stuff. So I, was it was at, quite a while I was at ago, that one. Quite a while ago that I was there. Um but yeah, okay, Give me your, give me your sour taste. Actually, no. Let me, let me just say, I don't know we can come back to it. Like learning and watching bands play. Uh, Greg
1: Canning sat next to me at the concert, and he was infatuated with the slow air from your medley. Right. Hum, bumpy, hum, bumpy, and dickado. Oh, please, you have to stop that right now. Is that the one? I lo- I mean, it's fine. Slower, fine. No problems. This is three days before the Worlds, though. Greg Canning, my boy, we stand next to each other in the band. He kept singing that shit to me.
0: It's a beautiful tune.
1: For days, but it's like, man, this is why I don't like, I mean, and this is related to why the Wednesday concert like, isn't my personal favorite thing. I was like, bro, we have to go try and win the Worlds, and you're singing this shit to me all the time. Mm-hmm. Like, you're all about the shots right now. sour taste
0: can't get over it it's a great tune though and you guys did win that year right so so it, it worked out bittersweet taste
1: no just don't not not good um so back to uh, you guys were by the way 2017 we've discussed this privately but let's go on the record we were pretty good you're damn good at the worlds that year <laughs> yeah.
0: <laughs> that year I mean I always I always doesn't matter what band I've been in or, or, or solos or anything like that I try and take myself out of the situation and even if I'm trying to um, evaluate my own performance because like let's face it when we come off we're very critical of ourselves big time right Oh, probably overly critical but then I try and sit back and listen and go well this is who I thought was best and we could have been better or whatever I genuinely think that our piping was the best that day
1: I uh, uh, I have not listened in enough done in enough depth that's fine you, you want to know you don't want to know why
0: true because you won you don't care
1: It's good. and especially that time it's the first time I won I don't want to know yeah I hear you I just want I just want my yeah, you just
0: want the victory take it run with it
1: good especially for that year like obviously you got to get on defending your title the following year so eventually I got to get over yourself and get back to work It's kind of like tennis, you know, like nobody, like you don't really, you're not that worried about the fact that you won at Wimbledon or whatever tennis people do, you know, like at a certain point you just got to get on and defend. But so, and I'm, I'm, I'm more in particular speaking about the medley. I got a message from a guy not long after the world's, who do you think the worst band to ever win the world's is? (laughs) I won't say who, I won't say who it was, but it was. And, uh, what they were getting at is they didn't think Inverary was good the year that we won. Yeah. But we were. Yeah. Good enough to win. Um, do you think that here, let me, let me actually take that to a a useful place. Do you think that like momentum, do you think (laughs) momentum and scuttlebutt can contribute to whether or not a band wins?
0: A hundred percent hundred percent and do you think that's good or bad terrible I think people get influenced and I think it's terrible um let's go back to the, I don't
1: think and I don't think we were the worst band ever to win the win the world yeah I know I mean I think it's common knowledge that we had a couple issues on the day yeah but I know
0: when you're talking about best actual overall band yeah you're the best overall band uh, on the day on the day, twenty seventeen, same as this year,
1: I, I think the same is true this year. You yeah. know,
0: like sure, there there could be little issues, but you could pick issues in any band. In I'm any... actually
1: quite proud that you know, like our medley, we had a cool medley on the Saturday, fun cool medley, and uh, and we played it well. But like, I'm actually quite proud that somehow we won after all of those great medleys uh, on the Saturday, right? Like SFU was. Amazing power Were we talking about this year, yeah, yeah, uh, power were amazing s f u were amazing f m was very, very good, I thought, yeah, I, um, I listened to the whole contest, well, and you thought bog hall and shots were really good, they were to be honest, I haven't gotten that far down yet, I'm just it's the same sort of thing. I'm just kind of enjoying uh enjoying what our band did and what have you, but uh but we were very good in the medley, but I think. Certainly, the results would reflect that these other bands like beat us in the medley uh, mm-hmm. on the day, despite us playing really well, because they just played really, really, really well. The medley was a great contest, yeah, for sure. It was cool, man. I had, a lot of really I, good music. I, I had the power, winning,
0: as a band, for the whole weekend. No, that medley or the medley. Um, I didn't hear the MSR contest. I watched the the live stream of the Friday. But he, I, think, I think over the four runs in Bureri was was a, a, a good winner, for sure. Um,
1: I, I agree. Like in a, in, a, in a non-douchey way, I'd like to agree with that.
0: Yeah, I think most people would. I, th- I think most people,
1: yeah. that's how they would have had it. Even Richard, I, sp- I, I spoke sort of as part of a group with Richard. And, and uh, Anthony was there. And he was just like, you know, we listened to you guys from yesterday. And it was really, really outstanding. And we had a couple of things. And, uh, you know, uh, and that was kind of cool. You know, like... Interesting to note, though.
0: If it was a one-day Worlds... We would have lost. FM would have won. Yeah. By three points. Yeah. You guys won by three points over the two days. If it was a one-day, FM would have won by three points.
1: Yeah. I, I think the
0: two-day Worlds is uh, I
1: I don't understand I'm it. I'm good with it at the moment because we won. <laughs> I don't I understand you, it. There's but I no know point. what you're saying. There's I know no what point. you're saying, though. I think that it would be interesting... And uh, FM probably would have won in this. I think it would be interesting if Friday, if, if Saturday was doubled. Could make it interesting. Yeah. Well, uh, why not just have eight judges in each circle? Oh, I have a topic we could talk about on the podcast. I have a dream. Yeah. Of how of how the worlds could operate. Okay. And, it, and, and like, I'm assuming you're probably going to shoot this down. But I've spoken to some people who like the idea. Okay. You want to hear my idea? It's a, it's a bit long-winded. Shoot. Would you like to go for it? Go. All right. So my vision of the worlds is as follows. Should I start with the basic structure and then defend it? Or should I try to paint a picture that leads us in there? I, I'm just going to start with the basic structure. Here's what I think. I think that the world. Hmm. Hmm. How do we want to do this? And I'm trying to even remember what it is because now I'm on the spot. But it goes something like this. 12-band final in the Worlds on the Saturday. So there's got to be a qualifier. Here's what I'm thinking. Here's my original idea. Top six from the previous year automatically qualify for the following year. Yeah,
0: that's how it used to be.
1: Okay. uh, Top six automatically qualify. The remaining six spots, the weekend before the Worlds, at something along the lines of North Berwick. It could be anything. It could be Perth or Bridge of Allen or whatever. Don't really care. The first qualifier is the weekend before at one of these events. And uh, all the grade ones show up who want to. And the top three bands earn a spot in the final on the Saturday, the weekend before. Then there's a second qualifier on the Friday. For the remaining three spots don't shake your head at me, let me just give me a chance here. Glenn it's too much me, but go ahead. let me explain Glenn. okay this is genius. And I'll tell you why. Uh, let's take a band like what's a band that's very good that wasn't in the top six this year? for me? You sure. Johnston Johnston. perfect example. So Johnston goes to North Berwick, let's say they win it, they're in. For the remainder of the week, they can focus on. Uh, the final on the Saturday. What's another band? Well, Shots wasn't in the top six. Shots. They're going to go definitely be in the top three, let's say. They're through. They can just focus on the Saturday. They have a whole week to just focus for the Saturday, and they don't have to soak their pipes on the Friday. Yeah, I get that. Okay. Now, let's, let's take another. Let's take a band like, like, let's pretend Orin Moore was still a band. We were a band that was lucky to qualify type band. Okay. Let's say that band still existed. Um, And we were in that position. We go to North Barrick because we want to try to get be in the top three, but we don't make it. Right? We still get one more chance on the Friday to make it. And maybe we do and maybe we don't. But the other thing, if we soak our pipes on the Friday and we make it, it's not like we're expecting to win the Worlds anyway. So like so the fact that we have to play so much across the two days uh is probably not such a big deal. Yeah. I mean we 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 we're dealing with like the same sort of stuff. The thing about the Friday at the world's is my understanding is it's signed sealed and delivered for a while. So like they need the Friday. It's going to happen even though the bands don't want it. Right. That's my understanding and I don't want to I don't want to spark any controversy one way or the other there, but that's like my understanding, the reason they haven't gotten rid of the Friday, like for example, in 2018 where they didn't even need it based on the rule book, but they had it anyway. is because, you know, they've made deals with all the different people to run that on the Friday. And now it has to happen at least in some form. Mm. So it's going to happen. So why don't we use it as qualifier? Number two, three spots. Yeah. And that way, like bands that come from really far away, that are on the bubble, they get lots of opportunities to but then, go for but it. But then you could just go, oh, let's just make the Friday
0: the, the day for the Kiwi Bands and the Australian Bands. So then that way, one of them's guaranteed to get in or some of them. Like, it's the same sort of stuff that we're dealing with in the silver medal
1: qualifiers. No, this is different. It's similar though. Okay. Right? I want, to, like, I want to stay focused on my idea because I think it's a winner.
0: <laughs> I think... Did it should go back to One day Every band plays Bands are seeded Based on Last year's Worlds Did you finish 14th? Okay you play first on Did you win? Okay you're last on
1: Okay and then what do you do About years where there's 28 bands?
0: How do you think they used to do it? Did they used to have a cut? No All 28 used to play and it would seed it like that. Right. And, and, and the thing... The I don't th- hate the idea. The thing about seeding for me
1: is you have... Um, if you can't go back to the one day, though, what do you do? Because... In people, terms of seeding or what? No, because they've made deals and Friday has to happen. Well, so here's the thing. This year, the two days for me was...
0: I don't understand the point. I definitely... The Friday definitely sucks. No, because, one, no one's there watching. At least with a qualifier there's a bit of excitement. Like maybe this band won't qualify or maybe this band will get through. So there's a little bit of yeah. excitement, but like, you know, uh, then, then for me, okay, there was how many bands played this year? 15. Okay. So lower the final to 10. Only 10 bands are getting through. Right. But it's like, it's all, it's all like, here's another thing. There's a variety of deals that are going on here. I like your um top six automatically qualify because that's, they've earned the spot. Yeah. And at the very least, The winner should be straight through to defend their title. Right. Like, when you win the Glenn Fittick Championship, you're the first invite next year to defend your title. That makes sense. That's how it should be. It's like the solo drumming. You know, they've done away with um, semifinalists or or finalists being seeded into the semifinal. you got to qualify from from the get-go. I don't understand that, man. I mean, if you've played in the final, And, and, and especially
1: the winner... And it's, uh, what if you're the one what if you're the one that beats the winner though like uh, let's say you let's say let's say uh, let's say you're you're better than this is hypothetical I think maybe not let's say you're better than Stephen McCorder and you're ready to go win the world solo drumming and for some reason like Stephen drops a stick yeah and you don't even get to compete against him when you win it that would suck too like the, the, uh, it's happened before
0: Barry Wilson won with Jim not qualifying. Right.
1: That's shit. You want to win with and him. Jim, Jim, Jim came out and made a comment that. It would be like winning the worlds. It'd be like winning the worlds, but FM like, you know, had a cold and couldn't come. Yeah, but that's just the nature of competition. Fine. But
0: it still like kind of sucks. I get it. You want to win when everyone's playing and when they're playing their best. Yes. But unfortunately, that's the nature of competition. Yeah. If someone drops their stick, if a drone shuts off, if a, a bag bursts, like, mm-hmm. it's just the way that it goes. I hear you. So, yeah, it's happened. Barry, Barry won his first world solos. Now, he then went on to win another three in a row. Right. So, he won four in a row. So, that helps. Which had never been done at that point. And then you got Steven, who's won eight in a row. Yeah. <laughs> who's going to top that? But my point is, it'll be at least eight years before we find out. My point is, <laughs> well, it would need to be nine if they were going to beat the record, right? Okay, fine. So, he, at least he, nine years. He, he should get an automatic qualifier to the final because he's the title holder. that's I just agree. My thinking on I that. I think that's common sense. But the 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 seeding of bands at the world championship is amazing because and, this year, for example. I can't remember what the order of player, who, who it was, but let's say, I think it was like The Power or SFU who was like, you know, of the big bands, the last on. And then you had like, I think three bands or four bands on after them. The stands emptied out, man. Yeah. You're not going to have that when they're seated. Yeah. Because you're going to wait to watch Bog Hall and Shots and Slot and FM and The Power and Inverary and SFU because... That's your run of bands that you want to hear, right? So, I think seating is uh, cool. That's how they could go back to. Yeah, and also I would like I'd like to see. Um, I mean, I don't actually care because I'm not playing in bands anymore. But I love go and play your MSR. Have a little pit stop in the middle, retune. Go and play your medley because your pipes
1: are going. The tunes are going. Right. It certainly would make the day so much like more enjoyable.
0: <laughs> I mean, and and it's almost harder to win that way because uh, are you fatigued, right? Right. Because you're doing it all, all in one shot. But No, I'm ready. Well, that's the thing. Your pipes are going to be going. Boom. Dry them out. Swab them through. Dump your trap. Whatever you got to do. On to the next one. Pipes are going. Instead of you play once and then there's a five-hour break in between. It's brutal. And you're like, oh, I could go for a nap. I'm going to have a big heavy lunch.
1: And the thing about Scotland is at 10.30 in the morning, which is when the MSR starts, or is it 11? I don't know. You start playing. I think it was 10.30. You start playing your pipes as early as 10. But it's 50 degrees Fahrenheit in Glasgow at that time. Meanwhile, fast forward to just... 2 hours later it can be i know it can be 70 i know so there's a there could be a 20 degree difference between the beginning and the end of the MSR and what they used to do is the MSR used to be 115 and the medley used to be 345 yeah it used to be back to back i don't know why they don't do so that so there was a break but at least it wasn't super long I and the know. reason they don't do it seems to have something to do with the bbc and all that yeah, I don't I don't I don't get it, man. And the BBC has to shoot the um I could kinda of tell my I had a conspiracy theory that we were gonna win the worlds. I was going around telling people this after the medley. Give me this again. Uh, I had a I had a conspiracy theory which was part joking, but also I actually believed it. So which is uh based on what Bob said about our medley on the live stream. Which is that uh, and, and uh I don't know. I don't want this to sound too like terrible and douchey, But like what he said kind of telegraphed that we were in the lead. Cuz you know how they do that thing on the BBC program that uh in between they know the two, halfway. Yeah. Halfway they're like, "Oh, like, you know, you know, FM's first set, you know, they're in the lead, but inverary's close. If they have a good medley, they they film that bit." I hate it. It's uh but they film it at some point and needless to say, you know, and I get that it's probably has to happen, but needless to say, Bob knows what's happening. I think that and, no uh, one should know. I I agree. I agree with you, man. But, and, uh, well, let's not even get into the whole camera thing, uh, during the result yet Yeah, yeah momentarily, perhaps we could, <laughs>
0: uh, but, uh, where, where
1: they're just standing there. But what he said in the live stream, I was like, wait a minute. If I were Bob, that's what I would say about the band. I knew how to like had it like probably kind of wrapped up, which it turns out we didn't cause we were like third in the medley or fourth. Like turns out we didn't. But as far as Bob was concerned, like he's hedging his bets as an, an announcer and presumably, you know, he's trying to put on a good show for the viewers. Right. Makes total sense. Mm-hmm. It's not about Bob. Mm-hmm. It's just like, but unfortunately what was said kind of telegraphed it for me. I was like, wait a minute. I think we're going to win the world. But that's like when you watch, and then I was telling everybody that and they were like, shut the F up. You dick. Like you're jinxing it. You're a prick. And I was like, nah, I got this. So like when you
0: watch a, a TV show, but you know, the inner workings. Right. Of what they do. And then you see the next episode and you're like, oh, I know what's going to happen here. Cause I know what happened. Like there's a pattern. Yeah. They zoom in on this person. Yeah. Or they spend more time with these people talking and, and it's right. like, well, I know who it's going to be here.
1: Right. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, every time I watch but for us who are involved it's kind of crap I was like oh wait it sounds like (laughs) it sounds like we're gonna win the world based on like what Bob said and the thing is here's the thing FM hadn't played yet right but Bob is saying our medley is something along and uh, Bob is saying that might be the finest medley he's ever heard or something yeah yeah I remember that actually how could you say that when FM hasn't gone on power hasn't gone on a slot went on first uh, uh, SFU hadn't gone on. How could you actually make that commentary at that stage of the game? Well, but 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 if he if that's what he thought that it was the finest that he'd heard, then fine. F- fair enough, fair enough. But even so, like if if I were in that position, having not heard FM, who has a tendency to be amazing on the Saturday of the worlds, like I might have used different words just to like just
0: to, uh... but it could be just hyping up. Um like how good the the standard
1: is or how good sure. the quality and, is. And again, like I don't want this to come off as a criticism of anyone. Yeah. Uh, but I just said, I just like based on how he delivered that, I was like, Oh, interesting. Mm-hmm. It was very interesting. I thought it was really interesting. Like, uh, cause I got, te- you get texts about it. You get, te- oh, yeah, you yeah, yeah. get texts it come off from People are messaging. And yeah. people are like, Bob said that was the finest medley he's ever heard mm-hmm. in quotes. Mm-hmm. And I was like, wait a minute. He hadn't heard FM yet. And, you know,
0: well, look at where, where. What did you guys have in piping in the medley? You didn't have any firsts, no, or any thirds. No. I don't even think.
1: I don't know. I think we were third and fourth or something in the medley. You might
0: have had a third and a fourth. I think SFU had a one and a three. Shots had a one and a two. So you guys might have had a three and a four. Yeah, something like that. Yeah. But 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 yeah. I mean, you had oh, all yeah. these other Shots bands. was amazing in the medley too. Yeah, they were really good. You had all these other bands that came on that were like better.
1: Yeah. So but, maybe
0: maybe at that point. It was the finest medley he'd ever was. heard. And and the other thing is like, you know, uh maybe emotionally that's what moved him. I don't know. Yeah. But yeah, I mean it was good. But but emotionally? Yeah. You were you were emoted. Uh well, I'll tell you the the, the medleys that I liked the best was okay. um The Power
1: The the we Mary McLeod bits.
0: But maybe be, because I've I played in the band and we played some of those tunes right 10 years ago. Sure so I knew them and I was kind of playing along with them but I really liked it and I think the Mary
1: McLeod I, uh, I, when they played that at Paisley in 2018 I was like that was amazing yeah they won that oh yeah, yeah. deservedly Yeah, and we were good that day yeah Uh, but uh, but then I heard them
0: I think and, we were uh, standing together yeah we
1: were and, Calum, and I was like Calum was well, was there I think I'm well. gonna have them first yeah like,
0: that's who I would have first like he's awesome um, yeah so I liked them the best I like SFU's medley and I liked um, Bog Holes Medley, the the structure of it. And maybe it was because there's tunes in there that I know. And it's funny that I'm saying this because it's like, you know, when you would be in a band and you're helping put together a medley or you're you're giving ideas back and forth, you're like, we got to give the judges something that they recognize. And, and often players are like, no, we'll just do what we want to do. Well, I think that the judges do like
1: having stuff that
0: they recognize. Yeah.
1: Well, I have like a you know i've put together a lot of medleys at yep. this point right and uh nostalgia is what wins mm-hmm, mm-hmm. it's nothing else yeah like uh the judges have to feel something uh and and you need that and you know when fm wins with those amazing uh fred tunes it's because like <sighs> they've they've heard them they've heard them and uh and it it like you know it causes them to feel something a brand new tune, no matter how good it is. or however that tune goes. If you heard that for the first time ever, mm-hmm. it's not going to work, man. Yeah. It's a great tune. Yeah. But it can't be a, like, so the kicker of the medley can't be the first time you've ever heard it. By the way, it's part of what makes the Mary McLeod bit with the power. So F and great. It's like ultimate nostalgia. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the, uh, it's the same reason I agree with Terry Lee way back in 2004 when we did the uh, A and B minor medley. A lot of people were like, you should have just ended on A and B minor as the reprise and stopped because mm-hmm. it's great.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And Terry was always like, nah, we need to end on something classic. And at the time I was like, and you finished with Dr. McPhail's yeah, right? two parts. It's great. Yeah. And, and Terry actually sung me that we bridge that we did into it. So we wrote that in and it turned out to be cool. And at the time I was just like so stoked to even be in the conversation. So I was just soaking it all in. But Terry's like, no, can't end on it. Can't end on it. Can't I'm, end on it.
0: That, 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 that Dr. McPhail's reel was amazing. and I, I can always hear reads. Yeah.
1: It's
0: amazing. Yeah. That's a great way to finish.
1: Yeah. Uh, but at, at the time, at the time you are probably like, nah, we, we don't need that. Well, at the time I was like, maybe we should end on just the reprise. And Terry's like, no. And then a lot of people... That's what they didn't like about the medley was Dr. McPhail's. But in retrospect, Dr. McPhail's is extremely nostalgic and it's something every judge would recognize. Mm -hmm. So, and the reprise sets it up really nicely. You know what I mean? Yeah. And then meanwhile, take a reprise like the one Inverary did this year or the one SFU did in 2006. Totally different story because the reprise is a classic air that resonates with everybody. Mm -hmm. So that's okay. That works. But it's all about the nostalgia. It's, it's also why you're wrong. And even though I don't love the tune, it's also why we are wrong about Lachlan McPhail in the Inverary medley. Well, it works because um, it works because uh, oh, I get it. Everybody knows it. I get it. I understand you know, that. It's like how it's, it's like how, no matter how artistically wonderful your new album is, it has to have a single on it. Yeah. So I can go on the radio because they're not going to put out your CD without a single. Yeah.
0: I get it. I get the reasoning behind it. It's just
1: Mars Volta, D Laus in the Comatorium. One of my top five albums ever. It's amazing. And it's actually not, it's actually, I feel like they're influenced a lot by Zeppelin. Hmm. You should check it out. Yeah, no, I, I, I know. I would agree with that a little bit. Um, Most, one of the most amazing albums ever track 10, clearly a single, you know, uh, okay. Computer Radiohead karma police clearly nobody wanted that on the album yeah they needed a single for it And it ended up being a famous song because the album's great yeah i actually quite like that song it's a good song yeah but the rest of the album is on a different level than karma police <laughs> it's just an opinion but whatever but you could name that you could
0: name that and that's what people would know because they've heard it on the radio right they might not know the rest of the album agree so yeah man um Worlds one day, let all the bands play. We're going back to that. Yeah.
1: Okay. Not talking about medleys anymore. Um. If anything, I I don't have my ears all together, but if anything, that would be a criticism of some of the shots medleys. I've heard is that I personally, and it's just me, I personally haven't been able to latch on to anything in it that like really like stands the hairs up on my neck like. Emotionally. That slow air, for example, beautiful. If it's the first time I ever heard it though, it's not gonna be the same as if they played uh Skyboat song. Well the That's what's a, interesting
0: for me is FM played that tune. Fifteen years ago. Right. Or maybe ten years ago. Yeah.
1: Right. They must not have won with it. They
0: didn't. But I remember them playing it and being like, That tune's amazing. Mm-hmm. So, the first time I heard it, it did hook me. Yeah. Um, I couldn't even tell you some of the tunes that we played in shots, in in both stints. Like, if you gave me a chanter, I couldn't play you a medley that we won with four years ago. Definitely couldn't play stuff that I I played. I feel like
1: Jenny Dang the Weaver was in there. Uh, No. I don't know. Or something. Well, I, I I I was over early that year. I came ahead of the Stewies that year because I was doing the um, my exams at the pipe center. And, uh, and I came out to a practice. And I was like, it was really good.
0: Mm. It was a good band, man. I mean, Ryan uh, was pretty on the ball. Yeah. Amazing that he won the Worlds before other established pipe majors,
1: you know? Yeah, Ryan's the man. Pretty Pretty, pretty big. Ba- like, it's just, I think it's as simple as that.
0: That's it. Writes good stuff.
1: but Ryan's cool, like, in a, and I don't know, uh, like, presumably, he learned a ton from Richard, and I don't know how Richard runs a band. Yeah. We've already been over this. But, like, watching him at the practice, he's so, like, methodical, eh?
0: Well, it's funny that we're going back to this, and I, I like that, because I had something that I wanted to say about it. When I was younger and would watch these bands like intently, how they practiced, what they did. Mm -hmm. And the bands that I watched was like SFU and FM, right? Because I had played in 78th and I played in Shots and all this. So I liked going to hear the other bands that I liked. Um, But when I would watch FM, exactly as you're saying, like I would watch them and I'd be like, each individual piper wouldn't be amazing. And then they would strike up as a, a band and I'd be like, wow. Yeah. That's really good. And that always amazed me. Whereas like now you would have every piper, you could hear them on their own and be like, Oh, their pipes sound really nice. But I remember like going, it doesn't sound amazing. And they would all strike up and i be like, Oh my God, there's obviously something that, that he knows is going to work here. And the blend is going to be yeah incredible.
1: I do also think that, were they the only band on the Cane Drone Reads at, at the Probably. time you're thinking of as well?
0: Probably. Yeah. And I was just going to say that when the drones are that good, they're like hypnotic. That mm-hmm. you're like, oh, okay, yeah. It's like a wraparound sound. And you're not
1: worried about slight uh, slight misses in the chanter. Yeah. And what's, it's kind of like, but it's very much like a New England Patriots type thing. so we were just talking about them. Mm-hmm. It's like when it counts, the chanters are really, really good too. Yeah, 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 yeah.
0: That's how I felt about Bog Hall this year.
1: They had the, To be the, honest, the Bog Hall has, is just not on my radar. like because I've thought we're, they were good for quite a while now. And I think Ross Harvey is doing a great job. For sure. No question. But do you understand what I mean? Not like I'm a dick. They're not on my radar. But just like generally speaking, you go to band practice and you're visualizing trying to beat FM. Yeah, that's still what I do. Maybe I. Yeah, yeah, I get it. You know what I mean? It's like that's what you're picturing, and then like, and then Boghall comes up, and um, and they've been outstanding, but you're not like, but it's just not. You're not thinking one way or the other about it. Yeah. I think that. Uh, sorry, I'm not in front of the mic. I think Inverary is like one of those super foreboding bands at this point that people are gunning for.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I would say like when I joined the band in 2016, maybe it wasn't authoritatively like that yet yep um, and we've become that way which is cool well when you win two worlds in three years and a bun, and a, and a four straight champion of champions which I didn't realize until someone told me every year I've been in the band it's four, it, we've won so you went
0: from like the curse in SFU to like the um, the, 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 the the sunshine of uh, Embraer you join well, them and the, they win four the champion of champions in a row here's oh my god
1: here's the thing man I tell people this all the time they gotta true. keep
0: you they gotta keep you around
1: it, Here's the thing I I, I tell sometimes people occasionally. And tell me if this sounds ridiculously arrogant or right on the nose. Okay. Probably a combination. If it's anything, it's probably a perfect combination. But like, see, in 2017 and 2019, we won the Worlds. Amazing. But the day of the Worlds, uh, I've done the exact same thing every single year. It's just some years you happen to win. <laughs> we did nothing different in 2019 than what we did last year when we were second. So it, are you trying to tell me that you should have won last year or uh, Well, no, actually, I don't think so. I thought FM I was like, you know, obviously whenever you don't win, you're like, Ugh, I'm mad. But yeah. I heard FM. They were really, really, really good in 2018. period.
0: Right they played yeah, the just went the reused it. medley. Yeah. That the judges know.
1: A bit of a vengeance move there. Was that that was last year? That was 2018, yeah? It Could have been. And if that's true it's a bit of a vengeance move. In fact it was. Cuz uh we we switched the medleys in uh, 2017, right? Kind of against the like uh against the common um what's the word? Thread, common thread like the common like uh pattern. Right. I remember that. It was kind of like, I remember them saying, we're switching the medleys. Earlier in the year, the openers got switched to the medleys. Right. And then by the worlds, we switched to the medleys. Oh, medley. I think I remember that. And, and I remember hearing it at the time, like, ah, oh, what? But then I thought about it and I was like, strategically, it makes a ton of sense.
0: So, but let's go back to, you're saying that you did the same routine.
1: Yeah. And why, what, what, what did you say to me before that? That inspired me to say that. Oh, that I've suddenly um, that I'm suddenly now in the sunshine with Inverary, yeah. you know, but like the experience is identical until they read the result is my point. You know, like it's not, uh, yeah, but we talked about It this. feels the same in Inverary as it did in SFU. We're working really hard. We believe the band is good. We play the best that we can and we do or don't get a great result. But that's not
0: actually down to you. Of course. No, I don't mean you. I mean the band. That's not down to the band. That's who's judging.
1: Of course. Like my point is, it's, it's totally not out like, of your control and it's not a thing. It's not like, like
0: baseball. Hit hit so many home runs, score so many runs, you win the game. It's... That's right. So let's just say... You yeah. guys could go out and play terrible, but you still win. Right. And, and I, I don't mean it like that. Like I'm talking like in solos as well. Like there was, a, you know, one of my buddies, you know, a little while ago came off and was like, wasn't very good. And I was like, I bet you still get a prize and you, and you won it. And it's like, but then that's not on him.
1: That's the thing. The judges though. obviously so like, it. so to say that Inverary has broken the curse is like, it's a funny thing to say. It's like the yeah. chat. It's the thing. It's my thing, right? Yeah. Well, it's, I, it's one of my two things. Okay. There's two things. I have two, like I have two ridiculous legends about myself that the curse being probably the biggest one. Mm-hmm. But the other one is way more annoying. Um, <laughs> uh, but uh, there's legends about me, which is that I, you know, I joined Inverary and broke the curse, which is ridiculous in, in that exact exact regard. Like, had there been different judges at each of these majors that we played at, we could have zero straight champion of champions, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. right? Like, it's the same. Uh, it's the same type of thing. You just you you work your butt off, and all all these guys and all these bands working their butt off, believing in what they're doing, and usually. On average, not getting the win. Yeah, that's why. That's why I uh, stopped playing in grade one because kind of gets to you. Well, see, for me, it gets to me more in solos than in bands. No, nah, I enjoy the solos more. And I but don't know if that's a
0: selfish be- thing or if if you mess up, it's on you. But maybe you win enough. No, no, it's it's.
1: I, I, everything's so on you. If you mess up, it's on you. Right. I can't stand playing my personal, achieving my personal best. And and by I can't stand, I want people to take this the wrong way. But like I, I have trouble handling it when I achieve my personal best and the judges like, yeah, you didn't play it the way I like it. Right. Sorry. But in the bands. Here's a link. You could, you could practice so hard
0: and you go out and perform really well. And your peers know that you're really good. Yeah. But you get nothing you get a sixth or a seventh right but like the year that i stopped right two years ago 2017 was my last season i had decided after the second major that i was quitting at the end of the year
1: did you tell everyone for the whole rest of the year like no i didn't tell anybody oh my god i'm leaving the
0: band didn't tell anybody right day after the world's i phoned ryan i said i'm out and he was like i had a feeling this was coming because i am one of these guys that I don't necessarily hide it well yeah. So, even though I hadn't said anything, it's like I wasn't enjoying it. I was I would enjoy the band practices. You know, you go and you get the sound really good and the planes really coming together and then you go and you play and and you get a sixth or a seventh and it's yeah. like okay. I think it's time to uh pack it in here. So, I did. Sayonara. Sayonara. New times. And now I'm just enjoying um playing the tunes I want to play
1: yeah you know well we talked about this I mean uh, you know Inverary is a challenge for me because I feel the same way like I'm one of these freaks that wants to be in the trenches if possible Mm -hmm, and mm -hmm. I'm not so I love playing in the band but it's like being a fly-in player is like some people are like oh my god it must be so great people from bands all over like it must be so amazing to just drop in when the band's going great and do your thing and then go home.
0: And you're like, "No, I want to get my feet dirty."
1: Yeah. Well.
0: Yeah. And that does work for some people where they just want to turn up a couple times a year. See you later.
1: Right. Uh yeah. I feel like I feel like the band could be better if I was around. And not like not like they can't not not like they need me, but just like I feel like I could you know, I could help younger people just like acquire experience. I feel like I could be helping even more of the music or like putting tweaks on things or, you know, uh, and just kind of being a team player. We talked about this the other day too. It's like, you know, mm-hmm. I, I, I think that, uh, it's not really, it's not really about who gets the credit so much as like, just want to be in there. Yeah. Yep. I'm just
0: looking at your, uh, your plaques over there. Yeah. What What do you got? The Piping and Drumming Qualifications Board.
1: Yep. It's up there.
0: Who did you do that exam with? Uh
1: Stuart Sampson, something like that. Right. Did I get that name right? Yep. He was super, super nice. Yep. And uh I didn't I, I didn't necessarily play my best because I was like just off the plane and uh and whatever. Who'd you do the practical with? I mean the, the theory. Uh well, like who'd I take the exam with? Well, it was just uh Helen. Right. Was just kind of making sure I wasn't. I mean like, I remember being the there when you did it. Yeah.
0: yeah. Uh yeah, Sammy Samsonator. That's what we used to call him. Really? When we were oh yeah, we we call him the Samsonator. So he's like the Terminator. Been yeah. in the army and all that. The yeah, Samsonator. Yeah. Um great guy, man. Great guy. Uh and then you've got your uh Dojo Ville. School for the Gifted signed by
1: all my students. Nice. <laughs> have you read Have you read it? Here, I'll go get it. No. You want to read it? No, you, you you read it. So, the title is Dojoville School for the Gifted. The students of Dojo U Morning Class hereby admit Andrew Douglas, who has repeatedly proven his profuse, abundant knowledge to the degree of master genius of prolific revolutionary methods, <laughs> bagpipe tutelage, coffee perfection and golf analogies, and knowing and promoting his own undeniable brilliance. And it's signed by uh, all of the people, all the all the mornings. <laughs> it's kind of cool, right?
0: Yeah. Oh God, that's funny. And uh, I'm just noticing your your tubing there. I might see if that fits into my stock.
1: I make my own water traps. Do you know that? Yeah. I'm not a handy person at all. But you know, my design is special. I have a special water trap design.
0: I'm interested.
1: Yeah? Yeah. It's the same as every other tube trap you've ever seen, except I cut rectangular. Yeah, I do the same. Instead of circle.
0: I do the same. So there you go. Mostly because... I think when they do the circle, they do it with a, a drill bit or something. Yeah. And I, I, I only have uh, a Swiss Army knife. Oh, well, but I do it for a reason. So mine's better.
1: Okay. What's your reason? That uh, water won't be able to leak out as easily.
0: I do it because it's uh, bigger holes for more air to come out. Wow, Glenn. <laughs> but I'm just seeing there. That might be the right size because I don't have a split stock. In I just, theory,
1: it's the right size. Oh, but you don't have a split stock.
0: No, so I'm gonna see if she fits in. Uh, but I might need to borrow some of that. And like what? Retie the stock? No, it's a it's a synthetic bag, Roger. But um, for for when I got the new bag put on last year, week before London, I had the tube that I had in fit my old Ross bag, which was slightly shorter. Okay. Okay. So the tube went right to the top of the bag, which it should. And then for so long, um, until about June of this year, so for say six months, I played with it in the new bag where it didn't quite, there was a few inches short of it being like this. So with it like this, kind of rounded at the back of the bag, I felt like there's, the moisture wasn't coming out. And you need moisture to get to the channel reed. Yeah. So mine was dry and it was going high pitch and all this sort of stuff all the time. And then I had a bit of tubing that was slightly too thick that I was like, I'm going to try this. So I actually had to end up shaving some of the plastic off to get it in to fit. Right. But she now goes to the top of the bag and the air comes out and the moisture and it's back to normal. Yeah. And the pipes have been good. Yeah. But I remember playing in London last year and thankfully they were great in the Braddock Gorm. But then I went to play in the March of Spain real that Richard was judging parks. And it's like, when you think, of Oh yeah. Him. When you think of someone who you want to impress with your sound, he's the guy. Sure. Right. Yeah. I went on and played and my pipes. The marches were okay, but the air conditioning was on in the venue as well. And by the time I got to my stress bays, I played John Roy Stewart was my first stress bay. And uh, my high G sounded like a high B Okay. Hey, oh, hey, good. Oh, hey, is Because it was so dry. And I was like, like why is this? But it like took me pipe. six months for me to. And, and that was my first thought was the tube's too short. Right. But sure. I did nothing about it for six months. And then as soon as I did, I was like, oh, they're back to normal.
1: Fascinating, right? I, I, I experienced that yearly because I practice throughout the winter with nothing oh yeah that's crazy no tube
0: oh well you need to do that because it's so dry it's
1: very dry here and especially if the cane has any hopo going you need no tube mm-hmm. uh and um but then usually usually a few days before I leave for Scotland I gotta put the tube in because that's what that's what the band does so I get the tube going and like instantly and it's usually something like I actually I, I actually play my pipes and I'm like oh crap I gotta put my tube in Cause I got to go soon. So I put it in pipes are going great. Put it in high a and high G and F are like thin and sharp. Mm-hmm. The only change because they're not getting the moisture. Well, and it's the, it's the direction and route that the air travels hundred percent. Yep. It's weird. So that's why when the tube
0: is like this for me and the air coming out versus this and it having to struggle, you wouldn't think that it would yeah. cause it's inside the bag, but it definitely does. Def- for some reason. So, Crazy. Anyways, uh I think I might uh, need to try some of that. Okay. See if she fits in there. All right. Well, um I don't know uh what else you want to talk about here.
1: I mean, uh, I feel like we have a good session. That was good. Good little uh good little chat. I'm gonna show
0: you a video online, uh, that I was gonna show you yesterday of the uh bagpiper and the online dating.
1: Okay. And uh so I think this is Good spot as any to just kind of turn this thing off. All right, we'll sign off. Nice, right. nice. Thanks for having me. Hey, thanks for chatting. Hariva Well it's been a while since I've done this
0: because I don't really like. We did one in Kansas City back in uh,
1: January. Yeah, I haven't had that many guests that aren't in your immediate family. <laughs> there we go, eh? Because I did, I did Blair at one point. We need to get Graham down. That would be cool. Yeah, I definitely or, or, know, or a trio. I know Graham the least
0: well. Yeah of, all of you. a trio would be good the three amigos
1: no well we i mean the, the brown brothers podcast is like we've talked about doing it but yeah it's hard to do a podcast man yeah the first one fun yeah second one fun third one
0: <laughs> it's all right this has been good though like you kind of just go off on different little paths and routes and uh i like i liked um you know the uh what fart
1: wet fart the wet fart yeah <laughs> uh just got a wet fart oh my but God. it's a it's a true thing though it is actually the missing ingredient yeah for a lot of bands
0: yeah well i i lived with um alex gandy in in glasgow in 2007 and he, that was his first year in fm and they won the worlds that year um but i remember him practicing and he would practice and i i would be like man your b is really flat Or your F's really flat. And he'd be like, can't touch it. Can't move the tape. And I'm like, not at all. He's like, no, not allowed to move it. Because that's Richard's orders. Fair enough. Yeah. And he would play for 15 minutes or 20 minutes, and it would come right in. And I'm like, okay. So obviously that's what Richard knew was going to happen with that guy's channel who came across the circle, who they might have been doubting themselves. And Richard was like, wet fart.
1: Just wet fart?
0: Wet fart. Uh, anyways um cool man thanks for having me
1: hey everybody andrew douglas here from the pipers dojo and i just want to say thanks so much for listening to today's iteration of the podcast if you enjoyed what you heard here today it would be super helpful to us and to a lot of bagpipers out there trying to find us If you could give us a top-notch review on whatever platform you're using to listen to this podcast, particularly Apple, iTunes, and Spotify, and things like that, your review would be really, really helpful. So if you have a moment today, definitely go over there and help us out. Other than that, until we meet again on the podcast or somewhere else, thanks again for listening.